You're listening to Manner of Speaking with Greg Mayu. Today's episode Good Mistress. This guy that I speak of is six feet, six two, I believe. Huge. Probably like 300 pounds. He's enormous. Everybody's intimidated by him. And he's very mean to everybody else but me. He's like a pussy near me. But everybody else is scared of him. I use him as my uh, personal ashtray. And I walk him on a doggy leash all over the city. Whenever we go to parties, I make him be my personal wallet. So I never actually need a wallet. And he's my personal coat check. So he holds my bag and my coat and buys me and my friends drinks. And then I make him take a cab for me to my house, which is far. It's like a $45 cab ride. I guess I have two questions. One is, when you say personal ashtray, do you put cigarettes out on this guy? When I go smoke, he accompanies me and sits down on his knee and opens his mouth so I could ash in his mouth, and then I put it out in his mouth, yeah. And the other question is, is there um, any element to the interaction? Like, there's a hint that there might be sex later? Never. Mm-mm. He knows that that would never happen, ever, ever. He does hope that I will one day fall in love with him. (laughs) That's so stupid. (laughs) I'm sitting in Odessa, a bar in Manhattan's East Village, and next to me is Manana, who moonlights as a dominatrix to numerous wealthy men in the city. Of all the things that these men are willing to do to please her, being a human ashtray is not the one that surprises me the most. It depends what you establish with them, but you could go as far as being the co-user on their credit cards, to them paying your bills, to them leaving you their house, and be in the will, which is something that this... Be in the will? Yes. This is fucking crazy. Are you in anybody's will? Well, not yet, but this guy wants me to be in his will. Do you think of him as being, I mean, the way you describe him to me, it sounds to me like he's maybe somebody who's really lonely. Do you think of him that way? Um, he's, he's obviously looking for love, but he had a family. He had a wife and a stepdaughter. He's got a mom, but yeah, he's lonely. He doesn't have a lifetime companion. But even if he did, it doesn't mean that he wouldn't want to spend time with me because most of these men are married. 
and have kids and have a life, a normal life, and are mostly bankers and investors and have multi-million dollar properties. I mean, he's been into this for 25 years. He's never going to find love. <laughs> Ever. It's sad. Not really. I don't care. <laughs> Why should I feel bad for them? This is what they want. This is what makes them happy. Me going outside and pulling him on a leash, saying, get down on your knees, open your mouth while I put my cigarette out in your mouth, makes him happier than a kid in a candy store. So I'm not really doing anything terrible. I'm doing him a favor. <laughs> Manana normally works as a makeup artist and body painter. But a few years ago, a woman hired her to do transformation makeup. And since I didn't know what that was, Manana explained to me that they were making a man look like a woman. She showed up at the address that was sent to her, not knowing that the woman who had hired her was actually a dominatrix. And the building she was working at was a dungeon. I also didn't know what a dungeon was. First thing I see, I walk in, I see a woman sitting at a table and a man sitting at her feet, eating off the floor. What was he eating? He was eating, <laughs> that's weird, because I actually remember what he was eating. <laughs> he was eating a spring roll. See, I didn't know what I was getting involved in, but this girl said, come in, um, I'm gonna transform this man into a woman. And I said, okay, whatever, I've done drag makeup before, who cares? But when I got there, he offered me tea, we had like a nice conversation, he put on classical music, which I thought was great, because I love classical music, and then all of a sudden, she undressed him, and I was doing makeup, and she like put a vibrator, Onto his, you know, under his penis, and I was like, <sighs> oh my goodness, I'm only 21 years old at that time. What are my eyes looking at? I was, I was so nervous. I did not know what was going I've seen a penis like once, I think, before that. <laughs> And now I have to concentrate on doing makeup, but his penis is getting hard while I'm doing makeup. And let me tell you, 45 minutes later, I had to come outside, smoke four cigarettes, get a drink, call my friend, and just be like, listen, I really, I'm not feeling good. Could we just talk about something normal? And the next day I had to go and do yoga for four hours to, to like cancel out the feelings. Manana was so freaked out by the experience that the next time she was asked by that client to do a session, she raised her price from $400 to $1,000. So the client found someone else. But for reasons I can only speculate, Manana eventually changed her mind and went back to taking makeup gigs for more dominatrixes. Then she started doing foot worship sessions. And now I think she's done just about everything.
I usually have them do some forced buy, which means blowjobs. I like to slap people's faces for no good reason. So I get like another guy involved. I like to have people kiss my feet in the middle of a crowd. <laughs> so the guy goes down on the other guy yes. at your behest. It's for my amusement. It's for me to be entertained. Kind of is into stuff like golden showers and things. And so I went to a bathroom, peed in the cup, and watched him drink it. And that was kind of disgusting. I almost kind of vomited a little. So you thought this up yourself? Mm-hmm. And it amuses oh, yeah. you? Yeah. Well, because, well, I've seen gay porn, but never live. So I thought it would be kind of funny to see another man suck another man's penis. Since childhood I had these weird fantasies about, you know, leather, latex, sharp objects. Hitting, dungeons, torture. Sharp objects? I like the way they feel on my skin and tongue. Like really weird stuff. For a 10 year old, I don't think that's normal. Like when I played with Barbies. Ken and Barbie had like serious, submissive, dominant relationship. She'd be like, yeah, motherfucker, get and lick down my, lick my shoes. <laughs> so I've developed a latex fetish and a leather fetish. I like piercings. And a heel fetish. <laughs> and I like to get pierced. I could do it anytime. It's like therapy to me. All you feel is like that punctuation, like it goes through one end and comes out of the other and it's so gentle and thin. I completely lost it. I had no idea I was getting pierced. I can't tell you, it felt so fucking good. All my problems for that one split second just went away. I completely lost myself, my eyes rolled back. I was in heaven. But that's the only reason I pierced my ears, my tongue twice and my nose twice. Stress relief. Oh, I forgot to tell you, the best part, I thought it would be really interesting to feel what it feels like to get a blowjob. I wanted to know what that felt like. I wanted to know what does the man feel like when they're getting that procedure done. And so I put on a strap on and made a very successful man go down on me, which was even better than having a girl go down on me because he's got a penis and he's going down on me. It was crazy. Um, and it kind of cock slapped him too a little. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I kind of just, as much as I love men, I kind of just hate them for just being so gross and dirty sometimes, you know? Some men are so disgusting about it. You know, you've seen it in movies where they're like, oh yeah, baby, and they just like are so gross about getting head. I have a little thing for that. I, how do I explain it? There's a lot of perverts out in the world, you know? It felt good. It felt good because I had some suppressed um, feelings towards men for, a number of years and I guess I couldn't express it in any way and that just did it for me. To see somebody do that to me felt good. <laughs> but at the same time, that motherfucker enjoyed it. A lot. So that kind of backfired? A little bit. 
but I mean, I don't know if you, you think that this is enjoyable, but I made him drink his own cum, and I think that's gross. <laughs> Did he enjoy that too? I don't know. I mean, he always says thank you, mistress, so maybe. Well, he has to say thank you, mistress. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I enjoyed it for sure. I was like, yeah, that's gross. Drink it. <laughs> Half the time he's blindfolded and I'm laughing because I'm... <laughs> <laughs> you can make these people do anything. That's the best part. <laughs> I whipped people at this last party and I thought that was really fun. Oh, look at this device. My slave bought this for me last time. It's um, it's a, like a metal pipe that's about, I don't know, what, 18 inches long? And you do what with it? Um, this is my magic wand. This is for me to tell people what I want. You know, like when I have my submissive work with me, I always need their eyes to be on this. So if I'm like, I need a drink, get me a drink, okay. get me a drink. It's kind of like training a dog. I also like to play with it, like towards my boot, like, come here, boy, come. <laughs> <laughs> and also it's a big piece of metal. So when I do that, it means I'm really angry and you're probably gonna get a whipping. Oh, can, I, can I get that sound effect in your hand? <laughs> it's kind of rough and people are afraid of it. They don't really want to get under this whip, but I did whip a couple of people with this. Ooh, that looks like that would hurt. It hurt. I had a pretty big guy tremble. Ah! <laughs> Go like that. I'm very old fashioned. But at the same time, I'm very open-minded to a lot of things. But it doesn't mean that I doesn't mean that I even agree with half the things that I do. I don't. It doesn't mean that I'm gonna deny that I did it. No. But um, it doesn't necessarily mean that I think it's right. And it interests me what happens to my like subs because obviously it's interesting. Like, why would you ever want to like? have your life ruled by a woman all the time. Like, why do you want some woman to constantly tell you what to do, how to do it? Manana says she doesn't have enough patience to completely control somebody else's life like that. So in her personal wallet slash human ashtray slash personal shoe shiner. He shines my shoes. Spit shine. He licks the bottom of my shoes. <laughs> so when that guy started requiring too much attention, she told him she couldn't take him on as a full-time slave. Well, I did it in the way where he had to apologize. He thought he did something wrong because he put on a chastity belt and gave me the key only the second night that I saw him. I emailed him and said, you know what, you were moving a little too fast for me and then I wrote him five questions and he didn't answer them the way that I wanted him, even though I don't really have any answers in mind. But I said, that's not what I wanted you to answer, and you giving me a key for your chastity belt was a little too premature, so I'm gonna need to let you go. 
But the real reason she put some distance between them is more complicated than that. Manana was having nightmares. This guy gives me creeps. Like, he kind of scares me and he makes me nervous because he's, he's huge and he is very demanding with other people. Not me, but it's, it makes me nervous because I feel like what if something like turns in his head and all of a sudden he'll turn on me? I'm tiny, I can't handle it. And I kept having this reincurring dream that he gets mad at me and is all of a sudden coming to confront me. Just start shouting at me and yelling at me and I, I get scared and you never want to let them know that you're scared. But it's um, overpowering because I don't know how to deal with my emotion. And I keep seeing this nightmare over and over again that he twists, he like turns on me and becomes this monster and just like bullies me around. I'm st I don't think I'm still gonna work with him for a long time because that was enough for me. I just got it. I just had to get my experience out of the way. I just needed to be like, I've done this. I know what this feels like. You took me out to dinner. You took out all my friends for drinks. I walked you around Soho on a leash, and I don't want to see you ever again. Kind of need to disappear now. Manana says her dream started coming true when she was 15. At that time, she was reading about the Ides of March and how Julius Caesar died at the hands of his friend Brutus. His third wife, Calpurnia, had a dream about his demise and tried to warn him. Caesar! Calpurnia! What are you doing here? I had a dream last night. Please, don't go out today. I'll come to you later, at our home. I saw you slaughtered in your own blood. It was horrible. Well, I cannot let dreams or the flights of birds direct my actions. I remember reading that the night that I had my first dream that came true. I woke up, I had a terrible dream, and I had the weirdest feeling that I should not leave the house. And I said to myself, oh my God, remember? Remember what Caesar's wife told him? You should stay home. And then I said, oh, if I only listen to dreams, blah, blah. You know, I didn't, I did not want to pay attention to my instincts. And I left the house and it happened just the way I dreamt it. I was stuck in an elevator with some sort of a rapist. And I saved myself from getting raped, thank God. But I don't even know how I finagled that one because I just was like pleading for my life, telling him that I'm a virgin, please don't do this to me. But he totally robbed me for all my gold, jewelry and everything. And it was exactly the way I saw it in my dream. And so when I left the elevator, I ran to my friend's house and I passed out. When I woke up, I was totally, I had no idea where I was. Everybody kept asking me, what happened to you? What happened to you? And I, I, I couldn't tell them because I was embarrassed. Because my father used to always say, don't go anywhere, don't go anywhere. Something's bad gonna happen to you. And it did, it happened. I later dreamt about that same man 
getting shot in the face um, and then found out years later that he did get shot in the face, which I was really happy about. Shortly after that, I started seeing ghosts. Um, this happens all the time. I'm kind of sleeping, but not really. I'm in bed, I'll open my eyes and I'll see somebody like sitting by my makeup station. It's usually the same girl. It's blue, like faint blue color. I just, I look, literally my eyes are open. I'm staring, right? I'm looking and I'm like, this isn't happening. What was the, the other recurring nightmare that made you think you need to see a medium? Oh my, did I tell you about that? Oh yeah. Mm. I had a, a ghost telling me that he's gonna kill me. You're a fucking bitch, I'm gonna kill you. And I was like, oh, me? Why? <laughs> it was the first time that somebody actually spoke to me that freaked me out. So I decided to see a medium. But you didn't end up going but I didn't. with the appointment? No, because I don't know. I even think I'm crazy for talking about it. So I don't know how they're supposed to help me. Half the time I can't even believe I'm saying shit like this out loud. <laughs> it's so doesn't make any sense. I'll just pretend it's not happening. I've had some people telling me that there's people trying to tell me things and I'm supposed to help people. I don't really know who I'm supposed to help, but um, it's kind of annoying and I would like it to stop. <laughs> Anybody? Make it stop. Yeah, sleeping is not something that I could do very often. It's, it's hard for me to sleep. How did I start talking about this? <laughs> oh, I was asking about dreams you, well, dreams that you oh, had that dreams. came true. My dreams do come true, which is why I had to let this um, slave go. Because I saw him in my dream, and I thought that my instincts are telling me to let him go. You know, just to be safe. I don't ever want him to freak out on me one day and be like, you crazy bitch, I'm gonna kill you. And I'll be like, no, sit. <laughs> He'll be like, fuck you, who the hell are you? All of a sudden, um, he, he thinks he's better than me, what? Oh my God, that is so scary. I had a nightmare twice and I can't get over it. I also, through being around these people, have realized my fetishes, which I never knew that I had. And a lot more confidence, obviously. Well, I've always had confidence. What am I talking about? 
Just recently I went to a fetish party and this guy was in a full-on latex outfit, like a mask, latex, everything, head to toe latex. Big guy, huge, right? What I did was the entire night taunt him. I just kept coming up to him and staring at him in his face and just whispering some things to him. So you're standing over here, all quiet, think that you're scaring everybody here, but you're scared behind that latex, aren't you? Fucking trembling in that fucking latex of yours. Look at you, you have to hide your entire face and body and scare the rest of this world. I felt he was trembling because I would say things like that and just walk away automatically. And then I would come back and I'd be like, do you like it when I just come here and touch your latex and make you feel nervous and you're trembling? Why are you here? What are you doing here? And he would just be like, can, can you maybe um, possibly, um, and I would slap him and be like, um, possibly what? What do you want to say? What do you want to say? <laughs> I just, I, do you think that, do you want to tie me up? <laughs> I would just keep going back and forth and torment him and order him around, like, take four steps back over there, meet me at the other end of the club, or just give him direction, because he needs direction. But also, I wouldn't even say anything to him, I would just walk up to him, look him dead in the eye, and touch his latex, pull it back really far, and then make the latex smack his body watch him tremble and then smack him more and just walk away and then come back and ask him how that felt. <laughs> the answer is good mistress. <laughs> Immediately following our interview, Manana left, met up with some friends at another bar, met a woman that she very quickly fell in love with and subsequently let all her slaves go. There's like nothing that could possibly humiliate me, so it's very fun for me to do public humiliation to other people. It makes me laugh. <laughs> I don't care at all. I have no embarrassment at all. Like, there's just nothing that could embarrass me. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting that feeling. Did it frustrate you that Ken didn't have any genitalia? A little bit. It was really frustrating. I was like, can we get him a detachable penis or something? <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a fucking good song. Man. It's such a good song.